Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. Um, Before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that you can find this show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to go out and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast provider if you haven't already. Okay, let's recap today's Vikings game. Here's the first down handoff and Cook. Like a bullet break. Oh, he's gone. There he goes, galloping, chased on the play by Kirsten Trufant. Give him six. What a play. 70-yard run. Dalvin Cook. Okay, joining me today is Dustin Baker, who is a member of the Viking Age staff. And so the Vikings just got done easily beating the Detroit Lions. I believe the score was 34-20. to uh, they stormed out to a 13 and nothing, nothing lead and just really never looked back. Um, it, there, there, there maybe were a couple, maybe few seconds where the, you're like, Oh, maybe the lines will come back. But then you're like, Oh, no, they're not. They're the lines. Um, so Dustin, I just want to ask you, you know, just what are some of your immediate takeaways from today's game? Oh, yeah. I definitely got a couple. Um, I think it's self evident, um, that Dalvin was remarkable. So, We'll touch on that later on, but the biggest takeaway that I have is that this was a return to normalcy of Vikings football. Um, this entire 2020 has been, a lot of it has been poor, and especially at home, and then in, we did play some teams that were good, pretty tight, but um, in a non-pandemic season, I go to all of the home games, and this felt like a game that I used to go to, where we got an early lead, we ran the football, Kirk made um, his big throws for scores. We did not turn the ball over and we forced turnovers. So it's an exciting feeling because it feels like we're getting back to the identity of the team of you you and I talked about Zimmer ball last week and a lot of people don't like Zimmer ball, but that's what we have. And um, not saying the defense was remarkable today. They certainly weren't phenomenal, but they didn't, you know, let, uh, let up that many meaningful points. But my biggest takeaway is that this felt like a, early to mid 2019 or you know 2015 Vikings football game where it was normal and we didn't turn the ball over and we got a win at home yeah I would I would say Kirk Cousins quietly had three <laughs> touchdown passes yeah. um, and he finished with like a, a 141.7 passer rating he he only attempted 20 passes but he had 220 yards three touchdowns like I said no interceptions so a great game from him like we mentioned, Dalvin Cook, he he had an amazing day for the you know second straight week. He uh, rushed for over 200 yards on 22 carries, so he averaged 9.4 yards <laughs> a carry. Uh, that he had that nice 70 yard run, um, which seems like he's always capable of of breaking on just about any carry. 
Um, and then he had two catches for 46 yards to go along with that. So great day from Dalvin. I would say a pretty good day from Justin Jefferson as far as receivers go. Irv Smith had had two two touchdown catches. Um, I think they tried to get the ball to Adam Thielen a bunch, but it just it wasn't working out for whatever reason today. Maybe you know the Lions had him locked down pretty good. Um, but yeah, overall the Vikings had a great game. Um, even even though their defense probably gave up more yards than obviously Mike Zimmer would like to, they they made up for it by forcing those those three turnovers and, and coming up with what stops when they needed to. So I'm not I'm not too disappointed with the defense, especially since they probably should have only given up 13 points because yeah. of that um that 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 second block punt because there were two block punts that the the Lions had. I'm sure Mike Zimmer will be making sure that they work on their uh you know their their punt blocking as they go into next week's game against the the Bears. Uh, but yeah, I liked a lot of what I saw from the Vikings today. There wasn't a whole lot to to not like, but you know, maybe there were some things. So, Dustin, what did you not like from today's game from the Vikings? Well, this will probably be the only professional football game, maybe even collegiate football game, that you'll watch when there are two punt blocks and they don't matter whatsoever. Or they mm-hmm. don't swing momentum at all. Um, I can, <clears throat> I always clamor for us getting a punt block. My wife can attest to it. I always do the, oh, oh, so close when we get close, and it never happened. And <laughs> the, the last notable punt block that I have in my brain was the when we almost collapsed during the Minneapolis Miracle game. So that first one, when the first one was blocked, there was still a lead that <clears throat> I was like, okay, well, what the heck is this? And then the second one happened, and it was almost like I just laughed, and that was it. So uh, I think my takeaway is that special teams there was sloppy. The extra point miss was sloppy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're doing the same thing that you and I did last week. We're we're trying to find weaknesses in an otherwise great game. Um, So, yeah, those. I mean, if there was ever a game by the Vikings to have punts that were blocked, it would be in the situation that we're in where we had a relatively comfortable lead. and, you know, tried to make some miscues. Uh, you talked about Irv Smith. This is not a weakness, Bob. You talked about Irv Smith um, a few moments ago. And I think that we are officially starting to see the passing of the torch from mm-hmm. Rudolph to him. It has I this was the first time that I actually felt that there are several fans, especially the young ones that want it to happen. But to date, it had not. And I'm not just saying that because he scored two touchdowns. But it seems like slowly but surely he's taking over the mantle. And I don't know if Rudolph has a spot on this team contractually next year. And this might be the passing off of it to Irv, which that's the way the business goes. Um, and the one other thing we talked about, in case we don't get to all of this, uh, on Dalvin, um, there was a play in the second quarter. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget where it was third and ten. And uh, Kirk dumped the ball off to him in one of those eye roll situations where we're like, well, that's not to the stick. So I don't know how he expects us to get a first down there. But he made a cut and picked up the first down. And if, if you at home or in the car right now, that is the difference between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison would have caught that ball and probably got three or four yard gain and we would have punted. Uh, Dalvin was able to juke the linebacker. And once he did that, it was automatic that he was going to get the first down. That there, 
there is no better example of how Dalvin Cook is different than Alexander Madison that play because A, he's a more prolific catcher of the football, and then B, he made that little dance and got a first down. So that is the difference between those two backs. I mean, they're both good, but one is great. Yeah, Madison, he has his skills that he's good at, and he's good for to come in for relief, you know, every every now and then. But we there's no there's no comparison. Delvin Cook is ways and ways above Madison, and maybe Madison can get there one day. But but right now, Delvin Cook is you know just so much better than not only Madison but arguably anyone in the NFL yeah, right now. And I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone is playing as good as Delvin Cook right now as, as far as running backs go. Maybe even you know. Every player right now. (laughs) They're not. And uh, you and I have been high on Dalvin despite injuries since I've met you. And I I think you can agree. Um, Even you and I didn't think he would be quite this good this year. Uh, What he's doing is starting to get Adrian-esque in this sample size, this pandemic season. He'd have a whole a long way to go to be anything near Adrian. But I'm getting that vibe that I haven't felt from a running back. Um, since Adrian of 2015 at times, but definitely uh, 2013, where I'm expecting home runs when Dalvin touches the ball. And it, it's it, really fun it, to is witness. It getting, because, is it getting close to 2012, maybe? Oh, boy. Adrian Peterson? If the Vikings... He's, we, playing, we, he's playing ridiculous. He's yes, if, we'll get to this in a little bit about the schedule and how things are starting to look super optimistic, but... Yes, I know that these last two games have been humongous, and it would take this basically from here on out. Um, but the Vikings end up with a record that gets them in the playoffs, and Dalvin continues to do this. There is no doubt in my mind he'll be in the conversation. Mahomes or Wilson will probably still take it home because of the quarterback bias for that award. Yep. But, oh man, I know I know it sounds like a knee-jerk. I hate doing this a knee-jerk thing to say that it's 2012-like, but you can't deny the last two games. Let's put it that way. Um, yep. He is the identity of the team on on my show. McKinney, Bryant McKinney has been calling for an identity of the team, and we might be getting that right now with Dalvin Cook. For sure. Um, I said it after I think I just tweeted it during the game that he, you know, deserves at least some MVP consideration because I think I saw the odds or whatever. Someone put him out and he wasn't even in them. And I'm just like, what, what, what are they watching? Why isn't he, why doesn't he have any odds? <laughs> um, so I think that might, that might change this week uh, for sure. It will, especially since yeah. we were up to three and five and our playoff odds, I don't really follow the, the Vegas numbers on those too closely, but those are going to go up yep. or down depending on how you look at it. But on this, this performance, 200 and whatever it was yards rushing, um, It was the first time since Adrian did so in 2015 against the Raiders. But think about this. We had a a big damn day from Dalvin Cook. And then, by the way, your t- your quarterback threw three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. in tw- if we're, if we're going to compare 2012 to this, we didn't have that in 2012. We were uh, bottoming, it out, bottoming out and starting out kind of with the Ponder experiment. Um, so I know that there is venom towards Kirk, and I understand that he has moments where you shake your head. But this is why he got big money to play for the Vikings is to make those three throws um, to complement the running game. And if we didn't have Kirk, if we had some, if we did not invest the money in Kirk and we had a Keenum who I guess would just have been better because he stayed with the Vikings somehow um, <laughs> or just like a quarterback that 
that we think needs to autopilot mm-hmm. that the usually those types don't have three touchdowns in a game. So uh, I know that Kirk makes a lot of money and I know it makes a, a lot of your eyes roll, but your running back just had a humongous game. And as a footnote, Kirk Cousins had three touchdown passes and we need to realize that's a big deal. So are you making the hot take that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Christian Ponder. <laughs> yeah, you could you could you could get that down on paper. Ooh, ooh. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hold you to it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to watch the rest of the year, make sure that pans out. Um, yeah, just it has today definitely had that vibe of like what Adrian was able to do in in 2012, and it's funny that he was on the the opposite sideline that kept showing him, and he I don't know if he was talking about Dalvin or whatever, but he had some some interesting facial expressions. He might have been <laughs> you know, talking about Everson, been like, man, that guy's he's He's a he's a character. Yeah, it uh, was almost. I talked about the passing of the torch from uh, Rudy to Irv, yep. and I I don't know the best way to put this into words, but seeing Adrian on the field and then on the sidelines witnessing what Dalvin was doing, it was almost as if Dalvin was getting the torch passed indirectly from Adrian. Um, I I'll go on record, and I I do not think that Dalvin Cook will end up being a better Viking than Adrian Peterson because Adrian oh. the surefire Hall of Famer. But it felt like today, and I, I get way too obsessed about this team and uh, football in general, it just felt like I think that this is a, a mini Adrian that, uh, not that I didn't believe it before, but uh, the 70-yard run was like an Adrian run. Oh, yeah. Simple. Once he hit the the crease, he was gone. And it's it seemed like when Adrian's finishing out his career, even though he's going to play till he's 40, and then we saw... Uh, his counterpart, Dalvin Cook, have an Adrian Day. It was like an emotional passing of the torch that, all right, this is our running back that we signed to a five-year deal, and it looks like the right decision, and he is the heart and soul of the team. Yeah, I think getting back to things maybe we didn't like about the Vikings today, you can nitpick and, and be like, you know, they had the two block punts. <laughs> they, had, they had nine penalties yeah. um, today, so that's not something Mike Zimmer is going to like. Uh, they're only four of ten on third downs. Yeah. So that's another thing. And then it's it's crazy because the Lions ran like 20 more plays than, than the Vikings. Say. The Vikings only ran 55 plays, but they averaged about um, almost nine yards a play. So that's going to make a, a difference. And, yeah. And that, that, that type of stat that you're talking about, I also spend way too much time looking at numbers. Um, when you're upside down in the time of possession, but you're still kicking ass, that's yeah. what the high octane offenses do. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not declaring that all of a sudden that's us, but that's what the Chiefs do. That's what the Seahawks do is they they don't need to hold the ball that long. And usually Vikings football mandates that to get a win. But this was a game that you would watch like with a uh, an offense that's just hitting on all cylinders that time of possession. You look at it, and you giggle because it doesn't even matter. Like this team is being as efficient as it needs to be on offense. Well, let's look at it maybe from a devil's advocate point of view and say, you know, was this this win more of, you know, was it more of the Vikings winning or was it more of the Lions losing? Um, Yeah, they were without Galladay. And that's that's a big thing. Um, Stafford got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Stafford got knocked out. Daniel came in. Um, I don't know if their defense, if that's the finished product. I know Okuda hasn't been that good and he was drafted way the way the f up there um their defense hasn't been very good but i mean we said that about the falcons and they look like a top 10 defense that day that, that it, this is what we th- i thought maybe not you but this is what i thought the falcons game would be i thought mm-hmm. we would beat the mm-hmm. falcons 
maybe not you know get up by three scores and have it be completely elementary by the middle of the third quarter. But this is what I expected from the Falcons. And when I didn't see it, that's why I was so negative for about a week saying yeah, you can write off the postseason because if they're going to come up with stinkers like this, it's not even worth you know predicting they're going to turn it around. And then, of course, true to Vikings form, they've turned it around and they've got us looking at the schedule. I think right now we're to a point, and this is a hot take, and I'm not setting the bar low here, but even if we <laughs> lost to the Bears, like if we had yeah. one of those prototypical games at Soldier Field where yeah. it was just gruesome and we lost 16-7, to 7, it, would, it would not be the end of the world. And yeah. had you told me that 24 hours ago, um, I would have been like, no, you need, to, you need to win that one too. But with the schedule with Dallas and then Carolina, who played pretty well today, and then Jacksonville, you, there's still a pathway to, I believe that would be six and six or so. So, of course, yeah. we, want, we want Cousins to get the Monday monkey off his back, and we want to get our first win at Soldier since 2017 and Bradford's last game. But that even, it's not really a must win, although it'll help immensely. And the Bears lost. The Bears lost today to the, to the yeah. Titans. Oh, so. I, uh, I'm having uh, with the my show this week with Brian McKinney. We're having Tommy Harris on. Mm. And, yep. And <clears throat> I found another Bears fan, so we can have a <laughs> four of us on there. And I'm going to ask him about that. Like, you know, we have a, a we have a shared thing of not being able to lock down the quarterback position for longer than three years at a time. Uh, I'm going to ask him about that. If 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 Foles. If, if, that, if that's the guy or if they're clamoring for Trubisky again. But it seems like it's at some spots we're two peas in a pod where the offense is sputtering, defense is good. Historically, um, it's not really been the case this year for the Vikings, the defense being great. But yeah, I couldn't imagine being a Bears fan because it's like clockwork. The defense is going to be money. And then you hope that, you know, Jay Cutler can do enough. Um, Jay so. Cutler. Yeah, well, I'm looking back in history. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. When when they oh, actually I, had I a quarterback that was pretty good, I was like, I was like, I, I don't think he's playing for the Bears anymore. Um, but no, yeah, the Bears lost today. It was actually the the final score was 24 to 17. They, they lost to the Titans, but that in the fourth quarter, like midway, it was 24 to three, the Titans. So let's let's not act like it was a close game for the Bears because it wasn't. Um, and then you know you you talked about the Falcons earlier and how you know everyone thought that was going to be an easy win. They've actually won three of their last four games. So maybe yeah. they weren't as terrible as uh, maybe everyone thought. And they just, they just needed that, you know, coaching change. They, to they are a team that is strange. And I think you've probably seen this once or twice in my writings that you, that you edit is they, uh, the Falcons and maybe the chargers are a team that each year they can be 12 and four or four and 12. And mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, and nobody really is surprised. And that's kind of the Rivers Chargers, so maybe not now with uh, Herbert. But the Falcons, it's like they get this pass that if they go 12 and 4, it's like, well, of course, they got Matt Ryan and Julio, jo- Julio Jones. They go 4 and 12, it's just, they're just like, oh, well, yeah, they just had a down year. And I can tell you the Vikings sure as hell don't get that, that type of leeway. Um, but that, yeah. So they, to your point, to, to bring this back full circle, is they are capable of, you know, beating anybody because they, ha- they have Ryan. And Julio and I don't know what happens to him in those moments or seasons where they're just garbage. It must be injuries or something. Yeah. So with this win, I mean, I'll probably just ask you this every week. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the Vikings moving forward? Do we do we do we feel better about them turning things around? Yes. Um, there's not about that. I 
I predicted, I think I, I don't know if I used the word guarantee, but I said we would beat the Lions. Yes, there, you, did, there, you did guarantee. There were, and this is how I saw it going, too. There were too many statistical things out in my orbit that we hadn't won at home in five games. Uh, the Lions never put up a fight. And this was this game was a uh, conference. I, I've been a Viking fan for 24 years, and I've never met a Viking fan who has a hatred for the Lions. And it's because of games like these where yeah. you just beat up on them. And then when they actually do beat us like they did in that stretch of 2014 to 2017, it was almost like, well, how'd they do that? Well, what are they doing? <laughs> and, and we never feel that way about the Bears or Packers. It's always that ruthless hatred. Mm-hmm. And so... um Yes, this is a reason to be excited. Uh, we can't block out the memory of the Colts and the Falcons game as much as we try because that inadequacy, um, you know, is embedded in our cellular memory. Um, but I, I don't know. It's starting to look like that schedule was just a doozy, and we were getting acclimated to life without Daniil Hunter, trying to figure out where Unique and Gonkwe fit in, and uh, the the cliche kind of now that Zimmer still has his fastball is he's finding a way to be put together an average defense um, with a mm-hmm. with with a block of talent that's probably a little less than average altogether. Of course, you still have, you know, pendulant playmakers like Hitman and uh, Eric Kendricks, so that certainly helps, but it's starting to feel like this team probably is a sixth or seventh seed to get in the playoffs, and then you, you know, just do that thing where you hope for the best. And another thing before I forget, we haven't even talked about Eric Wilson. He was money, and I know that... Oh, yeah. Not a big Anthony Barr guy. Right. And I think that uh, hopefully Anthony's not listening to this because I do like <laughs> Anthony Barr, but he probably should be nervous. I don't know how much of a discount that Wilson would, would take to stay here, if any. Um, but Barr's contract is big. And each week, Wilson shows that I think he deserves to start. And that would probably be in, in Barr's spot. Um, what do you think on that? Yeah, I've always been thinking of the, the thought that this could be Anthony Barr's last season just based on the way Eric Wilson has played. Um, I think I've always wanted to see what Eric Wilson could do just because Anthony Barr, I feel like Zimmer maybe gives him more credit than maybe he deserves sometimes. Maybe he does some things behind the scenes that we don't see, but you know, when it comes down to it, he's got to make plays on the field and more often than not, I feel like Anthony Barr comes up short. He might make, the tackles and you know, the necessary tackles, but he wasn't drafted in the top 10 to just you know, make tackles. He was, he was drafted that early to you know, make the so-called splash plays and which he did. Like he did I, in his rookie year. I, yeah. I feel like in his early in his career, he did those things where, you know, you remember maybe like, I think 2015, it was the Falcons game where he ran all the, all the way down the field and punched the ball out of, I think it was Ted yep. Coleman's hand at the time. Those are, those are the kind of plays that they drafted him in the top 10 to do. And, he they just haven't seen that from him. We've heard about them, you know, him working on the defensive line during practice to get better at pass rushing, which is also something they drafted him to do, and that just hasn't really panned out in the last couple of years. But if the Vikings cut Anthony Barr this summer, it will save them almost eight million dollars. Um, okay, and then how much? How much dead cap is that? Dead, dead cap is around seven point eight. So okay. I see they can free yeah, up. It, it, they can free it's up like a, a believe it. It's like yeah. a believe it when you see it type of thing because we know that Zimmer loves him, his first pick, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I think there is that emotional tie, and in and, and undoubtedly he does stuff behind the scenes because 
he doesn't stat, uh, stuff a stat sheet. I can tell you that. Um, but right. he must do something absolutely intangible that the Vikings organ front office, you know, loves I mean, he about. probably keeps guys on the field where they're supposed to be like, just cause yeah. he's been in the system for so long. And he is the guy that wears the green dot. He's, he's the guy in charge. He gets the play calls. And so him and Harrison Smith are probably the two guys that are pretty much like the on field coaches. I know, Kendricks does well, but I, I'm I, he's he's never been the guy to to wear the green dots. So I don't I don't know if if Zimmer trusts him to to do that stuff, or he just likes him better just being on his own and doing his own thing. Um, but if the Vikings don't cut Anthony Barr, he has a fifteen point five cap hit oh, next yeah. year. So that's we're, pretty large. When you can probably get Eric Wilson for probably at least half, you know half of that amount. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with the salary cap, probably either staying yeah. the same or reducing and the Vikings don't have a lot of money already. And they're going to have to figure out how to probably make more money to extend Daniel Hunter. Cause it sounds like that's going to be something <laughs> they're going to have to figure out. Maybe, uh, uh extend or re resign, not Did resign, we ever but confirm extend that? Harrison Smith. Oh uh, yeah. What, um, when I, Schefter, I don't, I don't, Schefter all of a sudden said like, it, I think it was Ian Rappaport that was just a Oh yeah, threw yeah, that out there. Yeah, he said so and so or <laughs> Daniel's going to miss the rest of the season. And by the way, he wants a new deal. And you and I know the Vikings community for the most part. And yeah. I had never heard anything about that ever, <laughs> no. ever. And it was like a foregone conclusion that he stated, um, like, by the way, you're gonna have to give him a new deal. Heard anything about that? And nobody's heard anything since. So. Yeah. Maybe I mean, it's, it's true. It's, under, or may, it's understandable. I, it was. I remember doing a double take, thinking, "This yeah. Daniel Hunter? I've never yeah, heard that." I'm sure. I'm sure Rappaport got something from Hunter's agent, who was like, "You should throw that in there and see what happens." Um, but it's understandable. Daniel Hunter is a very good defensive end, but at it the is. same time, he's coming off a season where he's missing the entire year from a neck injury. So maybe play a few more games next year, or play an entire year before you ask for more money. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way if the Vikings, you know, gave him a little raise. This yeah. summer, um, as far as the Lions go, do you think Matt Patricia makes it to the end of the season? Oh, I, I, uh, I, I, I referenced my wife a lot in this show. I asked her that. Um, I said, you know, I told her that I actually I said this might be the last game that he coaches. But that was about when it was. I don't think they blocked the second punt yet. It just looked like they had lost interest. 10, I think. Yeah, they, it looks like it looked like we were on our way to forty-four to ten, and um, he probably won't get it this week. Um, he for certain won't be the coach next year. He's been given two and a half years now, and it's like besides their nifty start before Stafford got hurt last year, um, it's the same stuff every week. He's supposed mm -hmm. to be this defense coach that came from Belichick, and then habitually their defense is toward the bottom of the league. And I think he skated by this uh, Black Monday last year uh, because they were, what, five and two or something, eh, four, three and one or something like that yeah. when Stafford got hurt last year. So I think that he was able to sell his bosses that, hey, look, at I had a good thing going. He won't make it out of this season. It, it probably will happen um, at some point. But I'm going to flip it on you. Do you think we saw the last game um, by Stafford? as a member of the lions at us bank stadium. Oh, I asked this to, uh, my guest last week yeah. when we previewed the lions and, and I asked him if like, if they should move on from Stafford or they should, you know, look to, 
Well, yeah, they should move on from him and, and draft someone or, or keep Stafford around and maybe try and figure something else out with him, maybe the last sort of thing. And he was un- he is a, a fan of Stafford, um, and he thought that they should just, you know, give him another shot, see what happens, you know, maybe add some more pieces, a different head coach. Because Stafford, he's a lot like Kirk Cousins, where, like, he needs – if he has, like, the – the right pieces around him and he has the right offensive coordinator. He can be a very good quarterback, but at the same time, he has his moments where he can lose you the game too. And he's been with the lions for a long time and they haven't really had a high powered offense since Calvin Johnson was there. Yeah. Um, and you can blame it on them, you know, maybe not having a running back that entire time or, or whatever, but he's had pieces there to, to make something, of that offense and just it hasn't been able to to amount to anything so i wouldn't be surprised if they if they tried to trade him um, i'm not really sure what his contract looks like i think there's a huge maybe dead cap i think that was mentioned when in my preview last week by by the guest i had on um i so think that, they... that might be something that prevents the lions from from moving him with his contract because he has one of those large contracts like kirk cousins i think they owe it to him um, I remember, I think I wrote about this for the fan side and mothership before the season started. And this is how I saw the Alliance season going, by the way, this same thing, um, oh, yeah. regrettably for their sake, just the same crap. Um, this is, I, I think they owe it to him. If they're going to do this rebuild to send him to somewhere like new England. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if they're in the business of, you know, making Belichick, you know, revived, but I don't think that they, he deserves to be in a rebuild. I think he's, cousins age no no yeah so yeah every you can already start to look around now about teams that will maybe need a quarterback like uh the washington football team or pretty much anybody uh the you know yeah oh yeah (laughs) that one will be tricky because i don't know if they'll trade them inside the division but new england it screams new england to me because uh unless cam turns it around i don't know that he has a whole lot left which i was wrong about i thought he would do very well in that patriots offense but it hasn't turned out but if they're going to do a full rebuild getting rid of Patricia and <laughs> starting over. Um, I don't, I don't think it's fair to Stafford to have him be part of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, I'm looking at some teams like we, we mentioned Chicago and new England. I think maybe, maybe, maybe Dallas could be a sleeper in there. Cause he's, he's from the, the Dallas area, Texas area. Um, you could even look at maybe like a team like the Colts. They look at, yeah. you know, they're like Phillip rivers. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's maybe the Broncos. Maybe they want to maybe get a veteran in there instead of Drew Locke. Um, so, you know, he would have a bunch of takers for sure. It just depends on, you know, how much cap those teams have and and if they can afford his contract. I agree with you that he sh- if they're going to rebuild, which they probably are heading towards, um, he shouldn't he shouldn't be subject to that. You know, maybe he wants to stay there. But, you know, if he if he wants to win. Then he they then he, he should be you know sent somewhere else, but uh, but looking ahead to next week the Vikings play <laughs> on Monday night in Chicago you know their annual Monday night game in Chicago it seems like yeah. every year this happens can't play a day game in Chicago. Um, do you have any? I mean, you had a guarantee for last week against the Lions. Do you have any uh, initial thoughts or predictions for next? Um. Yeah, I'm certainly not as confident as I was no. one week ago right now because that one I called in a heartbeat. I just, I, the writing was on the wall there. This one, 
when you go to Soldier Field, you can never, ever, no matter how good or how bad either team is, you can never be that confident. No. It feels like it's time. It feels like the storybook is being written this year that <clears throat> for some godforsaken forsaken reason, we were supposed to start out like garbage. And then, of course, we'd win three division games to get out of the rut. Um, I, I'll, I will end up picking the Vikings to win because I think it's time for Cousins to A, beat the Bears at all, and B, win that Monday night game. Um, it'll be true to form. It'll be weird. There'll be some strange plays. It'll be probably this field is guaranteed to be sloppy because that's just what that surface mm-hmm. is. <clears throat> uh, so, yes, I think the Vikings will win that and get us even more excited and <laughs> scratch our heads. Um, but I think they need to do something that they did today that we hadn't seen a whole lot of, and that was getting the running backs involved via pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a lot of the summer in arguments on Twitter with people that called Kirk Cousins a dink and dunk quarterback. And I don't care, first of all, if a quarterback is dink and dunk because that's just part of the game at some point. But Kirk Cousins can throw deep. And statistically, verifiably, he has done that throughout his career with Deshaun Jackson, with Stephon Diggs. Like he throws a pretty deep ball and his success does not derive from dinking and dunking. So I was explaining that away with statistics to anybody who would listen or basically anybody that challenged me. Um, And then lo and behold, they come out and they won't even bother to do dink and dunk. Um, And when you have tools like Dalvin, you need to do some dink and dunk because it's simple and it moves the sticks. So that drive to close out the, the second half, we just dinked and dunked our way down to a touchdown, and Amir Abdullah put an exclamation point on it with the touchdown. So I want it to be known to folks that are listening is there is not a negative connotation to dinking and dunking. Um, it's part of the game. Yes, there are some quarterbacks that's that's all they can do. Like uh, I think Chad Pennington comes to mind from yesteryear, but Kirk can do both, and he's better when he does both. Um, so I think if we can get Dalvin um, involved throwing the ball too and short passing, then it can set up the long passes. Uh, I think that will help a lot in that sloppy field in Chicago. So yes, I think the Vikings will win that game 24 to 17. Ooh. Yeah. I think um, the Vikings are going to have to figure out maybe some other guys who can step up on Monday because the bears, they're going to key in on Dalvin cook. That's going to be their number one goal to stop him. Um, I don't know if they will, but that's going to be their primary focus, I would have to imagine. Um, so maybe guys like Irv Smith will have to continue to, to step up. Justin Jefferson, um, maybe Adam Thielen. So we're going to have to see probably those guys take a step up. Maybe the defense make some plays. Maybe 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 they score some points. Um, maybe get some some special team stuff. Dan Bailey, you know, don't miss extra points. Um, <laughs> but the Bears have lost three in a row. So yeah, well, that means they're going to be hungry. So thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, they could be either hungry or just you know in a rut where you know things aren't going well because because Nick Foles, you know, he's a uh, he's not playing very well right now, and I think Mitchell Trubisky is is hurt. Um, yeah. Um, and our old friend, what Kyle Slaughter, he actually had a workout oh, with the Bears right. this week, so maybe uh, he'll be <laughs> yeah. in there to help them out. Um, but and and last time. I think the Vikings played Nick Foles. Uh, things didn't go very well. Um, but that's so. when he was still in his uh, underdog role. He's, he, he's a yeah. very weird man. Um, when he is not expected to be the starter, <laughs> I mean, he's like a like a surefire 
all pro player when the expectations are low. And then when somebody, you know, puts the patch on his arm that says you were the leader, it's like this display of mediocrity. And it's almost like that game manager feel that once he becomes a starter, you know, there, he tells himself that, okay, well, I'll play, I'll play pretty good. And then yeah. when he comes in reservist role or in that uh, storybook run with the Eagles where, you know, Wentz is nipping at his heels. It's like, he's awesome. And it's very weird. Yeah. Playoff Nick Foles is way, way, way better than yeah. regular season starter Nick Foles. Except for that one season, I think it was like his first or second year with the Eagles. Yeah. And Andy Reid was still there. Money. Yeah. He had like 27 touchdowns and like one interception. Yeah. He was uh, terrific. But then he got a lot of money and didn't do anything else except, well, I guess he won a Super Bowl. That's fine. Um, so, but that's going to do it for us today. Uh, the Vikings won again, in case you're listening to the end of this episode and you didn't realize that the Vikings won. They did. They beat the Lions today. Um, it was a, the most shocking, uh, result of the day. Um, but, uh, Make sure to follow the podcast uh, on Spotify. Subscribe to it on the Apple Podcast app and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Dustin on Twitter, at DustBaker. He'll give you a lot of good uh, Vikings tidbits that you will probably enjoy and, and maybe argue back and forth with him about. And also follow the Viking Age on Twitter, at the Viking Age, and on Facebook, at the Viking Age. So uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later. But Dustin... I need you to give me a skull. I'm going to give you that, and I want to get in this too. The Vikings have not turned the football over in two games, and that's why they're winning. Skull! Skull!